Hello, welcome back to Relationships Are Underrated Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Trip Kramer. And I'm your jovial host, Jonathan Asley. Jonathan, something crazy has happened recently, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it has. Oh, my you God. You want to share with our audience what's going on? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. I am in la-la land. I am smitten by a woman. I am dancing on the couch with Oprah as Tom Cruise did when he met Katie Holmes. <laughs> I'm in that you're, space. You're, you're in love lust. I'm, I'm, no, it's not lust. It really isn't. I mean, even though there's this, there's this strong sexual or sensual attraction between the two of us, it's more, it's just a different feeling. And I don't feel like it's limerence, which is extreme infatuation. I just really feel like I am with my person. And I know it's new. It's only six weeks old by the time we're recording this. And yet, I just know it. Did you know that in your past relationships? See, Those two big ones that you had, your marriage and then the one after that? That's exactly how I know this is different because I didn't have it in those relationships. In my marriage, my marriage was like, I was, I, you know, I was... You know, I was told to go to school, get a job, meet a girl, get married, buy a house, start a family. I didn't feel that sense of love. I felt a deep sense of care. Like if I can make a comparison to now, it doesn't even remotely equate. In my significant relationship after my divorce, I thought I was in love with her. And now it's so easy to see that I was in an unhealthy attachment based on my own insecurities and my, you know, that, you know, I need you to complete me kind of thing. And that relationship ended. Well, you've, gr you've grown a lot since then. Well, that's what I was about to say. So in the five years since that relationship ended, I've done the Hoffman process. I've done insight seminars. I lost my mom. I lost my son. I've done so much heavy lifting. And I wrote a book about love. What the heck is self-love anyway? as a journey to really heal myself. So that's why today, my friend, it feels so different. And I know this sounds absolutely crazy. I mean, I'm, too, I'm so this like, well, the thing is, is, is it, it is, a, it's, it, it makes you feel crazy. The chemical cocktail going on in a person's brain when they are first starting to fall in love with someone, it's like psychosis almost. <laughs> it's just like you're... I, well, the, you're in a whole different. You see the world in a different way. <laughs> There's all flowers and it's rainbows, like this is, you know. Right. This is evolutionary programming trying to get people to stay together and survive and replicate, survive and replicate. It's a it's a powerful thing, and you are in it. And hey, man, congratulations. You know, you know, I'm. You know, you and I are both hard on each other. Yeah. In terms of making sure that whoever we're with. We want to make sure that the other person's with someone who's who's a good person and that we're making the right decisions in our relationships. And we had a big conversation the other day where I grilled you and <laughs> and gave you my two cents on making sure that you're thinking as logical as possible in a time where it's really easy to get caught up with our emotions and irrationality. And to me, you, you, it seems to pass the test. This one does seem different. But I like to say, too, I say this to you and <laughs> anyone else out there who's new in a relationship, is just take it day by day. Don't get too caught up and make big decisions 
you know, I mean, there, I mean, it gets, it gets as far as like, you just, even in a month when you're super in love with someone, you're like, I want to marry them. I want to spend the rest of my life with them. <laughs> and then, those are great. Those are great feelings to have. Those are nice feelings. Let them happen, but don't make any rash decisions and continue to get to know the person. So, because Jonathan, I got to say this yeah. and to everyone else, I don't care what anyone says. No one is excluded from what I'm about to say. When you're dating someone and you're getting to know someone and you're falling in love and it's only been like two or three months, you still don't know the person yet. I don't care how many conversations you've had. I don't care if you spend every day together for three months. You haven't. It's not possible. My belief is that you only really get to know somebody after you've spent at least a good year with them maybe even like a year and a half. That way, all the things that life produces as life happens, you get to see how they react and who they are in those moments that you can't see in the first couple months. I'm not saying those first couple months aren't important. They're super important, but so is the rest of the the year or year and a half that you guys are first together. Well, you know, it's interesting. And I, I hear everything you're saying and I 1000% agree. So what's interesting is the rational mind, like the like the the coach in me is going, what are you doing? Like, it's like, and I could, I could like see two sides of me going, like it's the devil and the angel on your shoulder. You know, it's kind of like in, the, in that analogy. And my rational mind says, take it slow. Everything you just said, that's what my rational mind says. And then there's this other part of me that's like, and and I honestly, Trip, I really thought I was in love with my wife, and it really I wasn't. And I really thought I was in love with my significant relationship. And when I look back, I really wasn't. I was following kind of programming, and and I've had experience. Let me, you you know about the one story about the one young woman I met, and I said the same exact thing. Yeah, I thought I met the one, blah, blah, blah. And two days later, it totally imploded. So Exactly. So my rational mind says one thing. And my heart is saying, I think I found my person. And at the same time, you know, we are doing the prudent thing. So we even we're in check with each other on this. And we say, hey, look, we've got our next trip plan or next visit plan because this is a long it's it's a long distance. We're going to see each other for two weeks in, in a few in next week. And we're going on a trip together because I also believe trips are a great way to see how somebody, you know, handles relationships. Yes, yes, and, I agree. Trips are, but equally important to trips are the everyday things too. Because trips, okay, how do I say this? When I went on my first trip with my well, current wife now, who was <laughs> at that point my girlfriend. Yeah. We went on a trip three months into dating after we've done many, many, many dates. Yeah. So it was nice to then do something different and say, hey, let's, let's, you know, let's see what it's like to go on a trip with each other. Let's see what that is going to be like for us. Yeah. For you in long distance, all it is is trips. This is where it gets a little challenging. This is why I've been telling you this, and this is what I said to you the other day, is that every meeting of yours is like this fairy tale, not so much real life sure. experience. So while those are great, I want you to have more real life experience dates and not so just trips 
Well, I want to be clear. Don't you feel that's really important? Well, it's you know, it's interesting you say this because we actually said this, you know, with our next trip. Our last visit felt like a bubble. And we were aware it felt like a bubble. You know, like that we're in this kind of, I mean, I, th- I think the word bubble makes sense. You know, you're in this kind of euphoric state and whatnot. And we even said that during her next visit, which is in a week, is that we do a lot of day-to-day things together just to see how we operate together in the day-to-day, into the mundane, going out with friends, go, or at least my circle of friends. Now, she's already planning on moving out here because that was her intent anyway. So the difference from is where? I, from Chicago, like your neck of the woods. So yeah, the difference is... Where when in I Chicago does she live? Lake Forest. Got it. So the thing is, is I know we're going to begin that day to day once she has planned that move. And this was moved was already planned anyway. This isn't because of the relationship. It was like because she was planning on moving here anyway. Okay. So what I and when does she move? October. So three months. Are you guys going to but aren't you moving in right away? I don't know if we're going to move in right away. She said she wants to get a place here first. I think she should. Yeah. And so, yes. I think she should. I was going to say I was going to recommend to you, but it sounds like she's coming there pretty fast, is it'd be nice for her to spend a week with you at your place. It's two weeks she's been. Not. Oh, she is coming to spend two weeks yeah, with next, you. Yeah, next week she's coming for two weeks. Oh, okay. I thought that was going to be a little vacation or a trip. No, then we're going on a trip for my birthday. Then she's coming Got again it. a week later to stay for a week and a half. Then we leave for a trip. And then when she comes back, she's go. Actually, awesome. she had planned a trip to Africa. So, But we're really talking about the feeling. And like I don't want to get too much in my minutia. And at the same time, I want the, you know, this is really an interesting experience. Because even when, do you remember my friend when I was officiating your wedding? I said, you shared with me that it was in, during your trip, after three months of knowing Megan, that you really knew she would. Well, you even said you knew she was the one before that trip. Yeah, I, I did. Yes, I did. I, I thought that she was going to be the one I was going to marry. However, while I did think that, I didn't act on it. We didn't move in right away. I wasn't getting a ring or any of that stuff. Yeah, sure. But yeah, yeah. I, did, I did. Absolutely. I did feel that. I so I had that that sense where I was like I think this this is this is someone who's going to last and and I think I might be going all the way with this. Yeah. Okay, so now since I'm feeling that way and you felt that way, okay? And you've had four or five other relationships and I've had two or three other relationships. And if you certainly look back at those previous relationships, I'm sure that feeling of you knew she was the one or you go all the way with her or marry her is absolutely different than those other relationships. You can markably yeah. see the difference. Yeah. And I did not feel I did not feel that way with the other ones. That so, that fast at least. So I'm saying that ultimately Well actually if if ever. I didn't feel that way with all Exactly. Of them. I, I didn't like either. So I guess the real question becomes there, at least for men, and I, you know, for women, we can explore this as well. But as two guys who are now, if I'm now, I'm, I'm experiencing what you've experienced, okay? I get it. It's a feeling we can't describe. I mean, it's not something you, it's not a fact. 
it's just a, a, a this idea of knowing is something it's, it's like it's an intangible you can't put your arms around it am i making sense so are you saying that it is a fact like this is it like you know for a fact this is the one that you will be with for the rest of your life of course i can't know that as a fact until it i mean quite frankly how many people right. got married and thought it was it and then they got divorced you know 5 10 20 years later or the next week after they exactly. got married so yeah. certainly i can't know that what i do know and believe me i have a lot of relationship or you know dates under my belt and a lot of short lived relationships and certainly a couple significant in all of my years my friend i've never felt this before i really I can tell the difference between lust and limer. Believe me, I've had women on a first date. You know, I've lusted for them. I've said they're the ones. And as soon as there was sex and it was over, I'm like, why don't I like this person anymore? <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm being authentic here. That's happened a number of times. Not by choice. It was just the chemicals were gone from the brain. I feel even closer after our intimacy. Yeah. Yeah, that's... That's that difference. It's hard to explain, too, because there's women also I've been with where I feel like, uh, I don't I don't even know why. It's like, yeah, you lust after them. And then yeah. second you're done, you're just like, I don't know what it is, but I don't I don't want to spend the rest of the day with them. And then there's <laughs> other women where you end up having sex and you're like, I, 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 I want to spend the rest of the day with this woman. Simply yeah. put. You know, I don't like saying this out loud, but I'm going to say it. I was watching a video the other day about post-nut clarity. And basically, what happens to a man is all of his senses, you know, like as soon as he ejaculates, the real man shows up. Because prior to that is the guy trying to get sex. And now that he's had it, you see the real man. It's kind of like that scene in uh, Something About Mary where he suggests to, you know, not went off, you know, before the date. So the baby batter is not on the brain, so to speak. Yeah. There's something about that for men. Again, it's an intangible when you've actually experienced being with someone where after the sex, you want to be even closer to them. Like, it's like you just, it's like being at I home. Think secretly you, you, I think secretly you kind of know. Like you kind of know before it happens like maybe you lust after someone but it's not that much of a 180 it's not like you're like well i don't understand we just had sex and now i don't want to be with them you kind of know beforehand but it's covered up by this lustful feeling Ooh. and then it just really all pours out afterwards you're like uh i know and then you're you know and then what? you're doing this here's back the, here's the truth <laughs> you're doing a backpedal yeah. because you've ex yeah. you've you've expelled all this desire for them. And I mean, it's a very honestly, and from a woman's perspective, it's not very fair. It's not fair to women. We do this love bomb or profess our you know undying desire for them, and then literally after sex, that can change. Well, that's different, right? I mean, that's just manipulation. Well, no, no, no. Love bombing and doing all that. I've, I've, okay, I've not never he, loved and, he, and he's just doing it for sex. That's okay. Know. There's that. And at the same time, I have met women. You've heard me talk about this before. I really thought they're the most amazing person on the planet. And then we have sex. And then all of a sudden, I don't know why I don't like them anymore. Like, 
like I don't understand that it's a it's a chemical reaction inside of us. It didn't make sense before until I studied these things. And you've studied it as well. So I don't think most men are intentional. I do believe on some biological level, it's a it just happens to be a truth. Yeah. I, I Interesting, could, right? Yeah. So so, so honeymoon phase. Yeah. Because this is this is where we're at right now. This is yeah. well, this is where you're at right now. <laughs> the honeymoon phase, it's been known to last anywhere from twelve to eighteen months. Okay. It's when the the attraction for your partner is very high. Yeah. Strong releases of a chemical called oxytocin, mm-hmm. as well as dopamine. Mm-hmm. And and what it's there for if you look at the the length of it, twelve to eighteen months, eh, that's kind of right around well, nine months you're pregnant and then you have a baby, and then you have to raise the baby and keep it healthy once it's first born. Of course, yeah. you have to do it longer than that, but it's interesting how we have this honeymoon phase where people just want to be together in that very first part. And there's theories that the reason why the honeymoon phase lasts that long is so the man and woman can stay together to hypothetically raise a child if they're having one. Of course, you might not be having a child. Well, that kind of, I, I've often- it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't know that. Your body doesn't necessarily know that. Well, I, I wonder about that because they, I don't know if they've done studies for folks you know, in their 40s or 50s. And I do believe if you've studied 20-year-olds, you're talking about the highest peak of testosterone and other chemicals or other uh, hormones and such. So I don't, I've, I've done my, I haven't found any research to, that talks about midlife folks. I know we can speculate. I do believe that you know, childhood or traumas in one's life also affects how you operate from a behavioral perspective, even from a personality perspective. So I think there's more to it than just the biology. And yet, you know, that's why I'm wondering, is this just hormones, you know, that's causing me to feel this way? Or is this something different? I'm asking it as a question, not as a statement of fact. Well, you're experiencing it. So there you go. Isn't that an answer in itself? <laughs> you're 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 almost sixty years old. Oh, don't say that. And out you're loud. experiencing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm proud of it. You know what? So I'm actually. Grateful I mean, that's you- an, that's anecdotal evidence, but it's happening. You're experiencing it. I have a hunch that she's probably experiencing it. The way that you're describing how she yeah. acts around you and feels around you. You know what? I so most I appreciate think, my friend. I still think it is possible. So here's what I most appreciate, my friend. I reached a point where I started to believe it couldn't happen. I started to reach a point where, you know what? I've resigned myself to being okay, being on my own, being single, you know, and actually enjoying my own company. I really started to reach a point. I know. And even though I was on the search for a, a mate and... I feel like there's a reason why this is happening at this exact age in my life to be a beacon, to be a lighthouse, to say, 
it's absolutely possible that it is not just 20 and 30 and 40 year olds that are falling in love, that 50, 60 and 70 year olds can still find romantic love, romantic partnership in their life with someone special. And look at, I've actually said to her, go, unless you're a sociopath or a, you know, a psycho, and I'm completely misreading you, <laughs> she genuinely feels like probably the most chill woman I've ever experienced in my life. And, and I say that because I know Megan is one of the most chill women on the planet. Yeah, I just wanna say this. I'm not trying to be the bubble burster. And for anyone else listening who's in the honeymoon phase right now, I'm not trying to burst your bubble either. I just want to give doses of reality in order to help. So I'm not a Debbie Downer, I promise. Just because I'm very happy for you, Jonathan, and anyone else in the honeymoon phase right now. But still, I understand that she's chill. I've also been in relationships where women have been so chill in the very beginning. And I've heard of relationships where people are so chill, man, woman, everyone's chill because they're in love and it's great and you're putting on your very best show. But then as time goes on, you can, it's not saying it's going to, but it can reveal the true colors (laughs) of the person. You never, you just don't know. And I need you to be okay with just not knowing And I need everyone out there to be okay with not putting on labels that are permanent. Well, i.e. you've known someone for two to three months, four months, even six months, and you say, oh, this person's great because this, this, and this, and this is just who they are. I'm sure that it is part of who they are, but just I think the the magic number is one year. If you're long distance, it would be about two years. So, because you're not seeing each other as much. I I understand why you think that timeline is pretty reasonable. I do I do believe, you know, I do have 25 more years of experience, of, of life experience and the days in front of me are the shorter than the days behind me. And I'm not, let me be clear what I'm about to say next. I absolutely believe in rational thinking. So let me be clear about that. I don't know the timeline has to be one year to two years. I, I'm not saying it shouldn't be six months to a year or or a year to a year and a half. I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I don't want to mix the time per se. I will say this. Part of me almost like feels like if this is going to crash and burn, I'd rather know sooner rather than later, you know? And I say that a little tongue in cheek. And at the same time, it's what's, your, what's your point with that, though? You know what? If it isn't going to work out, I'd rather know sooner rather than later. And and one what thing, does that have to do with what we're saying, though? OK, so what she and I continually I mean, do, anyone, anyone would want that. I'm just okay. saying that. Listen, give or take, you know, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Nine months, 12 months, 14 months around that time that someone's dating someone in a relationship with someone that first year, that's a lot of time that you can really get an idea of who the person is. And all I'm saying is you won't know that in two to three months. Okay, but let me throw out a hypothesis here. I've had clients over the years be in two, three, four-year relationships, and then they finally moved in together. And within six months, the relationship was over. 
because then they really saw the real person. So what's so wrong with jumping in much sooner? You know, what if what's so wrong with moving in two or three months in? And if it blows up, you just saved yourself three years. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. Um, I just I think there's a better way to no, I like that. I like that we're talking about this. I think yeah. there's a better way to do that because when you move in with someone and it doesn't work out, that's not always very casual. I mean, I guess it could be. Would you but rather it be depends. three years in and then find out that you guys aren't compatible? Or would no, you rather- I, I, no, I, I think that you'll know before you move in. You'll know before you move in with someone, mostly, mostly. Okay, let's let's look at this for a moment. Up until about 50 years ago. I well, mean, you can't, because it, it also, hold on, I got to say this. It's okay. not sustainable. Like, you can't just start moving in with, every, you know, it's like, what are you going to do? Go and date someone for three months and go, let's move in. Then they move in fully and then you break up a couple months later and then you're single again for a couple months and you date someone else and then you're like, oh, let's move in. It's not, it's just not well, how it should work. I, well, I, I mean. And also it's not necessary. Okay, but hear me out for, okay, I have two points I want to bring up. I'm in full agreement to that because that sounds like insane. I've been at this for five years single since my significant relationship and I haven't felt this. I highly doubt if we moved in together and it blew up in three months that I'm going to meet someone that feels that way again. That just seems like unhealthy behavior. So I agree with that. But let me point this out. Up until about 50 years ago, do you know most people got married in less than two months of knowing each other? That used to be the case up until 50 years ago. And so how what, many of those people are divorced? And um, how many actually, of those back people... at, actually, we see a higher divorce rate now than what used to happen, you know, back in the early 1900s. You know, that, that, that period of 1900 to 1950 or 60, people got married very quickly and very few of them got divorced. So why, why was that successful? I don't know. I don't know if that's the solution now. Also, oh, you can't not, just, no one's gonna, no one's gonna do that now. That's true. No, <laughs> you know you don't need to. In but, fact, but so what's your so what's your kind of overall point with, okay. with what you're saying here? Well, one thing we've okay. So we feel I think you're in a very specific circumstance where I mean, okay, I get what you're saying. You make you make a little bit of a point. You, you've dated a long time. It's not like you're just finally dating and you, fall, and you fell in love with someone. Yep, you've been dating actively. You found someone, so it makes sense. And the fact that logistically you told me how, you know, she moves in, that she'll move out and it will be fine. Okay, I'll, I'll get persuaded and convinced on that. But yeah. that's not typical. You're an outlier case in this situation. Even though you are, I still don't think you guys should move in at the, uh, well, it's funny because you're long distance. So even if you weren't long distance and you said to me, Trip, I want to move in with this girl in October, and let's say that was a six-month mark, I would say I think that's a little soon. I think that's a little soon. The fact that it's long distance and it's six months that's not enough time to know somebody. So I want to play devil's advocate for a moment. So have fun with me here. Okay, my friend. So 
What does it mean to get at least to know? Ge- uh, uh, less, at least generally speaking. Yeah, no, no. Of course, generally speaking. And I'm an anomaly because, A, I'm in a business where I study relationships. I come to the table very unique compared to most men. Most men, I'll be candid, my age bracket are rather clueless to the mechanics of a healthy, happy relationship. And what I mean to say is... They've come off of a marriage that was unsuccessful, and they don't know real good communication skills to enhance a relationship. In my particular case, we do something called radical honesty. And what that means is we first laid our cards on the table, and we continually communicate in an emotionally healthy way, exploring this relationship. We actually, quite frankly, We're not doing all the peripheral outside getting to know each other. We're getting to know each other on the inside. And I believe that there's a possibility I might learn from this experience in such a way to offer a different way to approach it for my generation, for my generation. I agree with you that you guys are high level communicating. and That's really important. You're laying it all out. You're doing eight dates on speed and that's fantastic so i agree that i think that's one component of the relationship and forming a relationship or let's say the beginning of a relationship but there's one element that i think people miss okay and that is i'll 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 call just call it everyday life yes because there's a difference between sitting down on the couch and talking even if you're doing the best communication in the world there's a difference between that and what's called everyday life, right? The everyday things. Because most of the time in a relationship, it's not those things. It's not sex. It's not those conversations. That's like 3%. We talked about this before on, a, on, a, on my podcast. That's like 3% total time out of all the time that you have in the relationship. So what's all the other stuff? Everyday life. Honey, I'm home. da 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 Things happen to her. Things happen to you. People pass away. People get stressed. People get the promotion. People feel envy. People feel bored. People feel, you know, all the emotions and experiences that happen in between. We'll call it the in-between, actually. I like that. That's a good, that's a good phrase. It's the in-between stuff. That stuff. It's the, and I, I, maybe I've said this to you before, Jonathan. It's the Wednesday night on the couch. So... That. And that needs to happen a lot in not the Wednesday night on the couch, but the all in between stuff. Life has to happen so you could see the person in all the different ways. And I feel, I mean, I'm 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 very qualified to speak on this because yeah. I've been in like six long term relationships all over a year, and so I know what that looks like. I know what that looks like to slowly start to discover the person and who they really are. I mean, it still happened with Megan, too. Even with Megan, the woman that I married, we still discovered the things about each other after a year. It's like, oh, okay, that's how the person is. It just turns out that she wasn't a piece of shit after a year. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so I... I I'm I'm, I'm, I'm being harsh to my exes, but I I think other people can relate to that because... I think other people listening have been in relationships where it's like, yeah, after a year, you're like, oh, this person sucks. But you didn't know that, right? You didn't know that. So it takes time, and that's important. So I, I by the way, cognitively speaking, I recognize this, and I absolutely understand and agree. And it's kind of funny how 
I'm overriding it. So I'm, I'm it's it's weird to witness myself in this experience, both the coach in me and the man in love in me. So I get that. I do want to share something interesting, though. And I think this holds true for you as well. If you look back to your five previous relationships, when you met Megan, you showed up a completely different man. And I can remind you some things about you in your past, <laughs> which I won't go there, and how you've shown up so much in such a way that's so different when you met her, number one. Would you agree? Yes. Okay. And I feel like the same is for me. And it's hard to know when you feel that way. It just It's just a sense of looking back at your past and you can recognize how much you've grown. What's interesting for us is we recently had kind of not a conflict, but we had a, we had a situation where we were, and I shared this to you before we got on, I was booking travel for a trip for us and it turned into a complete fiasco. And she and I were on a three-way call and she saw my worst. And what my worst is, is I have a habit of being absolutely stressed out when things don't go right. Now, I told her this is my personality before this even happened, and then she witnessed it. And so after we resolved everything, which took three hours, I said, how was I? And she goes, that didn't bother me one bit. Like, she saw me at my worst, and it didn't bother her. Now, is that because she's in La La Land? Or maybe we're just a good fit for one another. Now, I want to add to this so I don't sound like a negative Nancy. When you're with someone at that year mark, year and a half mark, it's not only for looking for the signs that this person could be bad or not a good match, but it's also the other things too. So you need all that time to equally know if this partner is going to be, for lack of a a better words here, good or bad. It's the discovery. See, yeah, this is where it gets really important. Yeah. In the first three to six months, you are really intensely attracted on all levels, lust, love, you name it. Yeah. So because of that, you're not thinking clearly at all. You just think that they're all good. So it's good to then spend a lot of time with the person before you commit to, I would say, before you commit to living with each other or getting into a marriage. So you can see not just the bad, but the good too. To see more, to see just to see more clear on everything and go, wow, this person actually is a really good person. So, for example, the example you said, they're there. That's one. It's one yeah. tiny moment added to all the future moments you'll have, yeah. where it was like, yeah, that was pretty awesome. I had this moment where I was like really stressed out, and and uh, and, and my partner saw that, and then they came in and they helped, and they were cool, and and it all kind of worked out. Man, this person's awesome. So that's great. That's great. More of those. I want to see more of those. I want to see more of positives and, and are they outweighing the negatives? I know I, I speak in such simplistic terms when I say things like good, bad, positive, outweigh the negative, you know, but I, I do believe that if you look at it in the simplest terms, it can at least help you to be more rational to make the best decision for yourself. So as you were sharing, I was observing something within me. And you've followed, you've known me for nine years, my friend. And I think you would agree that I haven't been like this ever in the nine years I've known you. 
right? And I was in a relationship with someone you first met me, and I was oftentimes unhappy in that relationship. Yeah, disaster. And it really, I, in looking in retrospect, it was that way from day, it, well, first off, no, no, it wasn't a disaster. That relationship had a ton of benefits to it. And we are, were equally to, I don't want to use the word blame, we equally contributed to the disillusion of the relationship because we weren't ready for each other. We were not a good fit for each other. I want to say this, though. I haven't been this excited about someone so in five years. I am grateful for this giddy experience. I'm grateful for this because my pattern, and you know my patterning has always been, I could find something wrong with the person. I would be the most, you know me, I would be so picky. I'd nip it. I mean, it was like a Seinfeld episode. She had man hands. She was a close talker. She was a far talker. I'm not going to lie. I, 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 th- I, th- I thought you were going to be single forever. <laughs> and, and the fact, and by the way, there are some things that aren't like perfect within her. It's like I'm totally, I'm not blind to it. It just, I don't feel that pickiness anymore. I don't feel that. All right, let me ask you so something. So what do you think of that? So, I want some advice on that one. Well, let me just ask you this. What do you... Well, advice on what part? This feeling. Okay, you know I've been picky, and you noticing now for the first time I'm not. Like, what does okay, that so my mean? My question to you is, well, I was going to throw it back to you. Is why? Let's just dive into that for a second. What do you think is different about her than all the other women? I can't put my finger on it. I, it's like, it's just a feeling, a knowing. I, I can't say. Well, I'll say this. There, there, Maybe it's a lack of something, right? So what I mean is, okay. you've been in some little, you know, whatever you want to call them, two-week flings where you're really into a, into a woman. And then she does something that's like really messed up. <laughs> Or or she or or she does something that's really unattractive where you go, Oh, actually I'm not interested anymore. So again, not to be too simplistic here, but maybe that just hasn't happened. Which been it's just been smooth, is what I'm saying. She's showing yeah. her well, her true colors in a way that's just everything's kind of working out. She's hasn't because I don't want to get too detailed about your No, no, I don't mind sharing a couple things. But remember that one? <laughs> she well she she did some things that were really red flaggy. Well, and so what I'm saying is, is, yeah, I guess that's what I'm getting at is there just hasn't been any red flags. Here's the thing. Every time, and by the way, in all transparency, we have brought up a number of things within ourselves that there's differences. What we do is I, I feel like we have enough self-awareness. I brought up dozens of things during the course of our getting to know each other that doesn't feel right for me. And, you know, and not a, a crossing of a boundary, just a misunderstanding. What I appreciate is that we've been practicing vulnerability, authenticity, transparency right from the beginning, and neither one of us wants to run. Whereas in the past, the minute I noticed something different, I just didn't even bother to try to, you know, try to overcome it. I just say, done. With this one, we've had dozens of things that have come up between us, and we keep seem to passing the test. By the way, let me be clear about something. Our first two visits, I didn't feel this way. 
it wasn't until we had a significant visit where we really just laid our cards on the table that everything changed for me. I didn't feel this on the first or second date. I knew I liked her, but it wasn't until we had an, a real intense uh, week together, or excuse me, four days together, where we laid our cards on the table where I began to just appreciate her so much more than I've ever appreciated anyone else. I'm going to be curious to see where this goes. <laughs> me I'm too, rooting my for friend. you. I'm all rooting for you. Trust me. I'm on your side. I, I, I love you, and I want you to have the best relationship, and I hope it works out. I've been rooting for you for many years yeah. to find someone who you, who you really like. I uh, just want you to make the, the right decisions. And you know me. I'm very anti and always have been anti-long-distance. Oh, so me too. That just puts up a, a flag for me whenever I hear anyone, client, friend, family, in a long distance relationship. And so, and and I if I didn't wanna, articulate yeah, this, I we, want you to walk. I just want I want you to walk through this carefully. When we first met a year ago online, and I knew it was long distance, I actually rejected wanting to meet her, and. But we kept in touch, you know, for over a year. We were like a little chat here, a little that. They're non-romantic. So even when we met, we met as friends. I didn't feel like it was a traditional meeting on a date. And because we built a little bit of a friendship, I certainly recognize that, hey, this might not work out. That's okay. I will say this, though. I think of some of my friends who have been in relationships for six months and they said to me, I just didn't feel it for them. Three months in, four months in. I'm just grateful that I'm experiencing something that is so profoundly different. And I'm so grateful that no matter what happens, that I know love is real. I do believe it. I didn't really before because I didn't feel it. And you know, you are, I mean, I was there listening to your speech, to your beloved, your vows and such. And I could see it in your eyes, how much those were true for you. And my hope is that's what happens for her and I as well. Okay. Well, if you ever need any advice or someone to talk to, you know, besides, well, you know what, if, if you do, I'd like I'd like to do it on this podcast. So everyone can <laughs> you mean you want me to do all my advice on this relationship? And so this will be the uh, the next few podcasts is the you know following the steps or uh, connecting the maybe dots, not so everyone, but yeah, maybe maybe in a couple months we do an episode yeah. and we we catch up on it and see how it's how it's going. Well, look, first but, off, uh, my friend, I, you know I'm going to call you anytime I have a problem because you're one of the top. You're my you're my inner circle. I call you for everything. So, oh yeah. So I guess the message I want to say to our audience is this. You know, some people feel disillusioned that it's not going to happen. Some people have felt jaded and bitter because they've had bad experiences. A friend of mine once said, love is a risk, and yet it's still the best game in town. And you can see my grin from ear to ear right now, my friend. <laughs> and listen, it feels reason, like the uh, best game in town. It's great. And listen, I'm so... It's really awesome for you because I know that you. This is not you settling. Yeah. This is why it 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 feels good to hear it from you. 
you know, to hear from someone who barely put any effort into dating and it's like the first girl they met, like, I'm in love. It's like, dude, you just started. You <laughs> yeah, know? you're just For a baby. You, you've been at this. Yeah. So that tells me, yeah, that I do believe that there is something real here. But the message I want to give to our audience today, based on what we discussed here on the honeymoon phase, is to take the honeymoon phase have listen, of course, have a great time, right? So I'm saying this to you, Jonathan, and everyone else. Have an amazing time. I've been to the honeymoon phase like five times. <laughs> it's a drug. It's a it's a, it's amazing. It feels it's the best feeling in the world. There literally is no better compared to anything ever. And so enjoy it. But at the same time, while you're enjoying it, stay rational and try to make sure that your keeping your head on straight to look at all the flags, whether they may be green or red, and be careful jumping into anything too soon or making any sort of irrational decisions while you're enjoying this crazy love roller coaster that is the honeymoon phase. I take your advice so you and appreciate it, and I will endeavor to follow. And if I don't, <laughs> there's a reason why I'm jumping off the cliff too, because I think there's a reason why well, you they know call what? falling in love. I'm not, I'm, whatever happens, it's going to be a lesson. Either this goes the distance or you learn something new and you learn more about what kind of relationship you're looking for. Exactly. Love you, man. Great episode. Great topic. Glad we could do it. Stay tuned for more. Jonathan, see you later. Everyone else, see you later. This is Trip signing off. And this is Jonathan signing off. And don't forget to subscribe to our, or go to iTunes and follow us and all that good stuff. And if you have something to share, please feel free to write our uh, at our email address if you have any questions of me and my experience or uh, trip as well, and or you have some questions for the podcast. We'd be love to hear from you. So thank you so much.